Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. The 2024 tagline for this podcast is, that was then, this is now. Design your own next chapter. When we were young, many of us fell into step with society or parental expectations and either put our own dreams on the back burner or sometimes we didn't realize we were even allowed to have our own dreams. We were certainly aware, though, of what age had to offer us. This longish episode is so worth the listen. I am so excited about my second guest of the year, as she is the image of a healthy boomer. Knowledge, stick with itness, and desire all help Carol Ebert be a poster woman for our demographic. She says she's 78, and she is embracing this third act. And she gives us lots of guidance incentives to be our very best to listen now. What do you think when I say the word wellness? Exercise and food, physical health, mental health, friends and family, all of the above? My guest today has had quite the career in many facets of health. She was a Navy nurse, a middle school health educator, college health, see, I stumble over that. I practiced it even before I came on. College health service director, medical center wellness specialist, mindful coaching trainer, university instructor for stress management, college student mentor, and CEO of her own wellness business. Carol also does a lot of public speaking, so I'm sure our conversation won't lag today. Carol Ebert, welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. Thank you, Agnes. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. I, I do practice part of that, like especially your intro there. <laughs> and I stumbled three times and went, okay, I'm going to go really slow this time. And I still stumble. So there you go. Okay, it's January. Perfect time for our conversation. Let's start at the beginning. What's your definition of wellness? Well, for me, wellness is global. In other words, I look at all facets of who you are when I'm working with your health or your wellness, because it isn't just exercise, and it isn't just eating right, and it isn't just stress management. It is social relationships. It's your job. It's your, um, let's see, what else would there be? Um, your physical well-being, of course. Your brain, your your intellectual or your brain health, of course. The, and the environment. I mean, I could go on and on listing of all the facets that affect your level of wellness. So when I'm working with someone on their wellness, I'm having them start with one point. What would you like to work on? And the more that person gets involved in that one point, maybe it's losing weight. All of a sudden, all those other facets show up and they need to be reckoned with as well. So it's kind of a beautiful unfolding of who we really are when we talk about wellness. It's not just that one little thing. And I should think each client then, the route is going to be different to their wellness destination. Absolutely, because they're going to address what is the most pain point right now, you know, the most painful thing that they want to work on. 
Well, and they might start with that and then suddenly realize, well, it was all about something else that I didn't even realize, which is affecting that. And so it, like I said, it unfolds. It's just really a beautiful unfolding. Um, and, and then allowing us, when we do this work, to really see ourselves globally rather than just, well, I'm this person with this thing. No, you're part of the whole. You're the part of the universe. I had one of those little aha moments when you use that word, that global thing the first time, that global word the first time, because a big part of our physical wellness, I'm sort of <laughs> waving my fingers at my body here and nobody can see it. Uh, but where where we, how we move, I guess, in this world too, and how we view world events and like, it, it, it is such a complicated, like it's almost like a spider web. There's like, things going everywhere and exactly. uh, we need video on this one obviously yeah i was waving of the hands <laughs> <laughs> but we'll let you use your imagination on how we're <laughs> looking and acting right now that's right okay carol you and i connected on instagram so yeah. i didn't have the usual information about you that i usually get on the podcast platform i use yeah. when i was browsing around your website one of your speaking topics really caught my eye yeah at this age, we women are pretty well adapted to being a wife, mother, an employee, a friend, uh, probably a new definition of daughter. You have a speaker topic, too busy for you? <laughs> Two questions. Does that topic hit home for midlife women? And what do you say to women when that topic is the basis of your presentation? Interesting. Um, first of all, uh, that came to me because really people are running around. They're just zooming around. And my retired, if, they, if there is such a thing, retired friends are busier than they ever were when they were busy. <laughs> so now we've got that issue of busyness it is a big issue for everybody. And we, we're just going 90 miles an hour. And it's like, okay, Let's talk about how you can slow that engine down a bit. And so when I came up with that topic and I actually took all of the things that I know about, that I practice, the self-care strategies that keep me well and moving and happy, I, cre I, I blogged about them on a nursing blog site for a number of years. I was writing blogs about all these different self-care tools. When I was all done with that, I said, well, you know, this is good content. I worked hard on this. So I created a book of it. I took all those blogs, put it in. They became chapters of a book. The book is called Too Busy for You, How to Prioritize Yourself for a Balanced, Mindful, and Happy Life. And so I did write a book, which, by the way, is on Amazon in case you want to get it. Okay, well, we'll get that information before we yeah, close. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but the point that I was making is, and I in my career with wellness, I see that um, stress management, if you want to give it a category, is it's just it's constant. People need support with just slowing down, um, bringing your engine down taking time out, resting, vacationing, shortening your days, doing less, all the things that 
will help our health in the long run, and we will live longer if we're able to manage that. But a lot of people are having trouble with, well, I don't even know where to begin. So that's why I have all these tools. I say, well, let's try this. Let's try just some slow, deep breathing. What if you just did that every time you feel that headache coming on and you just started breathing real slow and easy and deep and watch what your body does. Notice how it feels. It gets softer. It get, it seems to come down, a, a, you know, a notch, the, the tension. And so I'm all about tools, tools to help people be healthier. And that's why... They're all in here <laughs> because I said, well, now that I've talked, written about them and helped share it, and I use them in my programs all the time, but I also use them on myself. That's how I, I am my own laboratory <laughs> as we all are. We are all our own laboratory. And so we can control our, the outcome of our, what's going on inside of us. We're in charge. And I know that a lot of people are used to saying, I have this issue, I need to go to my doctor and get fixed with a drug or something. You know, we have a tendency to give our power over to someone else to fix us when, in fact, we're fixable by ourselves. But but sometimes because we've given our power away, we don't know how to do it ourselves. And that's where I come in with. Let me show you. Let's try this. Practice this this week, and let's see what happens when we come back together. So um, I'm amazed at how much you can control within your own body with tools. And so for me, because I've been doing this so long, I don't use the healthcare system as much as someone else because I don't need it. I'm already managing a lot of the things that I'm confronted with uh, because I've practiced over the years what works. As you were talking about that breathing and releasing, I was instantly in my car because that's exactly what I do if traffic is heavy and I can do nothing about it. And yes, I'm going to be a little late for where I'm going to, but... (laughs) Yeah. yeah, and you can, just, as you're listening right now to this podcast, you can do that. Yeah. You can just practice, slow it down. Yeah. Instead of just, you know, we, we huff and puff and we're breathing high here up in our in our lungs. And we have lungs that are hanging down here low saying, what about me? <laughs> Take a deep breath and help me get some exercise down here. Yeah. And you can surprise what it does, how you feel. Well, and just because we've invited our listeners to to do that as they're listening, is it also true, though, that if you've been breathing in the top quarter of your lungs for a long time and you're used to it and you're stressed, it actually takes practice to get those really deep breaths. Yes. And, you know, the best thing I found is if you can put your hands on your abdomen and when you inhale, push your abdomen out as you inhale and that's deep breathing that's abdominal breathing that's breathing that we teach moms when they're getting ready to deliver a baby you know um so that that's that way you have a tool you can use put your hands down on your stomach here and then inhale and push your hands out and that's how you learn how to do it yeah 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 one of the reasons i wanted to ask you about too busy for you 
is because in some of my incarnations over the years, I have done some wellness work. I have led classes. I have dealt with, as we talked about before I clicked record, I worked in elder care where Mm -hmm. often it was a daughter running interference for a parent, an aging parent. And, you know, they've got the job, they still might have kids at home, they, they've got their husband, they've got, you know, the, a friend that needs something and, and the house and everything else. And they say, like, I just don't have time, I don't have time to go to that class or to, you know, go to yoga, whatever it is. And, and I would always say to them, you know, you've got all these responsibilities. And yes, I just used air quotes. But if you crash and burn, there's no one to replace you. So you have to take care of yourself somewhere high up on that ladder, you know, like you've got to prioritize yourself or else all the rest of it is just going to fall by the wayside. Yeah. And I think we've all had that experience where you're a busy mom or whatever in your life and you got sick and the whole system isn't going to work now. So we have that responsibility for whatever reason. It's always for you to be as healthy as you can and to pay attention to what your body's telling you. And instead of ignoring it and pushing through and keeping going, you say, Oh yeah, yeah. I, my little signal is I get a headache. I say, Oh yeah, you're going too fast girl. (laughs) Because I have, I've got an engine that is always revved up inside of me and I have to manage that so that I don't, get the headache and but sometimes I get busy and here I go and it comes up I say okay Carol now you know why you have your headache it wasn't anything other than what you were doing (laughs) now what are you going to do about it so um, pay attention to your bodily signals so that you can tackle that issue before it gets out of hand you know, early sign. You'll pay, just pay attention. Do a little scan. I always say, do a little brain, a little body scan. You know, you can sit for thirty seconds and just go from head to toe, just go right through and say, "Am I holding tension anywhere? What do I notice?" And keep going and looking. And if something's going on, then you can now address that. Sometimes it's your gut that just hurts. Why does that hurt? So why would why would it hurt? Well, what did I do that might have caused that? Well, maybe I ate all those tacos for lunch and that didn't feel very good. And my digestive system isn't the way it used to be <laughs> where I could eat all that stuff. So always try to figure out what is it that contributed to that discomfort and address it right now. Because if you ignore it, later on it gets worse. And now you're really, you're now, now you're really hurting. So that's a real key. I was just thinking you could be a cajillionaire right now. If you could learn how to bottle package that beginning of a headache so that everybody could take it and go like, okay, when things are just starting to ramp up a bit too high, here comes the headache. Boom, I got to ramp down. Because sometimes it takes a long time to figure out that, uh, you know, it's Yeah, it does. And, you know, that's another thing that I do with clients is have them just write down everything that's in their head. You know, just say, okay, sit down right now, write everything that's going on in your head right now. And let's look at that list. And then I say, now, all those things that you listed, which ones are you in control of? And usually it's everything. 
So then we say, well, isn't that interesting that you're having difficulties and it's all within your control? Well, then what are you going to do about that? (laughs) (laughs) So again, raise the awareness, notice, be aware, be aware of what's happening to you at any given time so that you can address it and not let it go too far. We're going to get into what you do a bit later in our conversation, but I'm just thinking, as you said that, having someone point out that very small fact is probably of incredible value. You've Mm -hmm. just given me two and a half pages of notes of all the clutter in your brain, and you have control over 99.9% of it, and then they go like, oh, (laughs) <laughs> you know, right. So, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Aware and we always talk about that in the world of wellness anyway. Awareness is the first step. A, A, the beginning of the <laughs> alphabet. Actually, the first chapter in my book is awareness. <laughs> there you go. You yeah. keep on teasing us now. We're gonna have to pick up that book. That's great. Great. <laughs> now your bio says you've worked at the middle school level, college and university level, the Navy, as mm-hmm. well as private practice. Are there different messages about wellness for different age groups? Well, again, there's a maturity level, you know, obviously when young when you're working with younger kids, it's just that the whole that's just middle school is like if you're willing to go in there and work with those <laughs> kids, more power to you. Because I know it's a challenge because they're like, yeah, they're middle schoolers. But I did it, and um, I learned a lot from that experience. But there are different points in time where you are um, probably focused differently on things. And so, um, I mean, the messages are always the same, but they are tweaked to match the audience. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, everybody has this. We're all in the same boat together with all of what we're doing, but how the message gets delivered is different for the audience. And, um, and fortunately, you know, and as I go, as I cruise through my, my continuing of life, my continuum of life, um, I have to shift the way I communicate with people so that I can engage them because I am a health educator also. And that's the power of if you're going to teach anybody anything, it's got to meet them where they are and they'll hear it the way they need to hear it. So you have to always be modifying to make sure that they're hearing it. And I can watch them in their watch in their eyes and see if if I'm not getting through. I can see it and I'll shift. I Fortunately, I have that ability. Some teachers are pretty structured and they just go, you know, this is the content and you will learn it. And I'm like, no, no, no. I know I've got all these different ears and eyes in this room that are receiving it the way they need it. So now I have to be adaptable. Yeah, manage them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge. 30-ish years ago, I would give talks to, uh, for example, my daughter's groups, like, you know, girl guides and that sort of thing. And I found the kids often knew what they should be doing it's just they're at that age where it's like if I can sneak a chocolate bar instead of a, an apple I'm gonna do it <laughs> you know so you they- know isn't that interesting about that because I can even recall now that you say that <laughs> when I was a teenager uh, now remember our age my age group 
I'm in my 70s. We're close enough, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when you had a little transistor radio that you could have, right? Yeah. Well, I snuck that into the classroom, and I would put it on really low and put my ear down <laughs> on it while I'm working. And I'm I'm surprised that the teacher didn't notice, but that was just like, I'm just doing something that I guess a teenager wants to do, or maybe I was in middle school, but, you know, okay. young and wanting to get away with stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's all that's about just... me, right? It's all about me, me, me. <laughs> if an old transistor AM radio, yeah. got, it was the worst you got into, then you were doing okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. Oh. But it is that, that kind of mischievous phase that you yeah. go through, like, wonder if I can get away and it's not that I thought I could get away with it I just wanted to do it right now yeah yeah and I never did any of that I was just always teachers no, I'm kidding such a good girl <laughs> my nose just grew about 20 inches <laughs> okay so we are now grandmothers yeah. uh, many of many of us if we have grandchildren at the school or college level how can we talk about wellness encourage them to develop those good habits because oftentimes they'll talk to us where they won't talk to their parents but we yeah. still want to stay on that grandparent pedestal yeah because we don't want them to say oh god I don't want to go see grandma anymore right right you know I like to um come to their level I, and what I really want to say is that I like to listen to them first and say what's going on and because again, I'm a wellness coach and we're yeah. trained yeah, no, absolutely. to listen yeah. <laughs> and ask questions, which is a valuable tool for anyone, actually. Uh, rather than come in and I got all the answers, I'm like, what's going on? Tell me more. What's how it is there in college? And, and let them just spill the beans because they will. Um, and that has, um, that has served me very well because and, and you're right, I think there's that open door between grandma and the college student that the parents can't get into because, you know, and, and you're, as, as this age, our age, um, I'll tell the truth. Yeah. I'll tell them what they want to hear. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with them. I'll tell them, oh, man, you know, I did that. And I'm not, I'm not proud of it, but I did, you know, just speak the truth. They want to know. You're kind of like their guideposts when you think about it, because nobody's telling them the truth. <laughs> and it's all like, oh, my God, what's real here? Especially in college, it's so strange anyway, because you're thrown into being independent and free. Yeah. And it's like, how do I handle this? Right. And I think if you can echo that back to them, say, hey. It's weird, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what, how are you handling this? What's going on with you? Um, interestingly, I'm, I'm that we're talking like this because I, at my senior age, uh, and as a, a nurse, um, I, I've been partnered up with a student nurse from the university where I used to go to school. They are looking for elder states people to uh, give them you know that they can enter the students can interview us okay. about what it's like to be old when it comes to health and of course they had to get me and i'm a nurse wellness that i'm already health, you know healthy yeah. they're really looking to match them with um, people that are having issues and need some support so anyway so i'm 
I have my own little companion now who's a student nurse. And um, she is very open to anything that I'm talking about because um, I think it, that's the other part that I think happens with the grandparent and student is that they're they're kind of open to listening if you're with it. <laughs> that's the other part. You know, there's our grandmas and then there are grandmas. <laughs> and I think the new grandma, which I feel is our, what we're doing, we're reinventing what this age is all about. And so I think we're a little bit more hip. Most of us are act, and we look better, right? Don't we look? We don't look. Come on, I this face in my grandma would have been twenty years younger, and she'd look twenty years older. You know, I mean, it's like we are looking and aging better. I believe in general than what we saw when we grew up with our grandparents. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because. I jump on anybody who has the audacity to say, oh, no, 70 is the new 50 or however that goes. No, this is what 70 looks like nowadays. Yeah. This is 70. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> know. Was- it, it would be fun. Wouldn't it be fun to take your own picture and put it next to your own grandmother at the same age and just note, take yeah. note. Yeah. 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 Although yeah. having worked in elder care, what I loved doing was finding that knockdown gorgeous picture of the elderly woman yeah. at age 25 when she was gorgeous. Cause don't forget that's who she was. She hasn't always been, you know, right. whether it's demented or no, sick. Correct. Or correct. She, it's, yeah. It's she in was there. Yeah, still, yeah. 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 Okay, I'm going to throw another question at you. Um, Where where do genetics fit into this equation? Okay, for me, um, well, genetics, you know, we're always, there's a couple of ways to look at this. Yes, we all have our own genes. And yes, we're inheriting things and all that. The new information on genomics is that you have genes that can be turned on or be turned off. Now, if you choose, and this is in the field of wellness, if you choose to live a healthy lifestyle, you're taking care of everything right and you're doing all the good stuff, and you might have a gene for diabetes, like my family has this lot of diabetes, and it was turned on because of their lifestyle choices. They were overweight, they didn't exercise, they were, you know, they had sedentary, they were sedentary. I have that same gene, but mine is not turned on because I counter it. I can turn that gene off by living healthy. So this is an interesting field because it tells you that if you want to be healthy and can maintain a healthy lifestyle, you can't really look back and say, well, I'm going to have diabetes because my parents did. Or I'm going to be overweight because my parents were. Or I'm going to have heart disease because my parents did. You can't go back to that excuse. Some people use it. And I I have this friend that uses it all the time. She's overweight. She comes from a diabetic family. And she says, "I, I know it's my destiny. I know there's nothing I can do about it. I'm going to just live with it. And she will not listen to me, which, of course, that's another whole issue. But And she is a nurse as well. And so 
nursing and wellness are like two different fields. Trust me. Medical care and wellness are two different fields. And um, it's hard sometimes for the medical system to embrace healthy lifestyles and what that's all about because they're not in that world. This Their world is, let's try to just do the best to fix you with the drugs and the surgeries and all that stuff. Let's just do that. That's all we can do, because that's their, their paradigm. But back to the genes, you know. So you have control over your genes. This is new. Epigenetics, it's called. And uh, and it may not be as new as I want to say, like it just happened, but it's been around for a little bit and not that long. Uh, but keep that in mind. You have control over your genes. How do you want to manage that? I, I listen to a lot of talk radio and other podcasts, of course. Uh, yeah. And it, you just reminded me that there's something just recently where they have figured out that First of all, you can avoid turning on a specific gene, but if I remember correctly, and I'm not even going to remember the, the subject or the gene or what it was all about, but um, you can even work to turning it off again. There you go. And yeah, yeah. There you so. go. And it's, um, here's another example of what that is. Um, we believed, I believed that uh, once you were a diabetic and got on insulin, there's no turning back. That's it. You have crossed the line. You will never be able to be off of insulin. Not true. Because if you start doing the healthy things to lose the weight and manage your stress and eat right and do all those things, gradually you have less need for insulin and then there's a point where you don't need insulin and maybe there's a point where you don't need the medications because yes you can reverse diabetes well and i believe i don't know if this gets into genetics or not but i believe the same is true like of of some heart disease you clean up your act yeah you you can you can get off those meds and off the equipment and whatever else yeah yeah Totally, totally. We have plenty of evidence and stories, et cetera, to support that. Um, um, I even have a husband <laughs> who is, uh, he's got heart disease and diabetes, and he's the one on the insulin and blah, blah, blah. But I finally, you know how we women have to <laughs> encourage. <laughs> anyway, he was pretty sedentary, and, and I found this this fitness center that was uh, would offer a free one-hour assessment for free. And I said, I'm going to do that. Do you want to do it too? And he said, okay. So they gave him the assessment and he got hooked because he liked the guy that did the assessment. The guy, you know, was real honest with him. We can help you. There's hope for you, blah, blah, blah. So he had trust in him. He's now been going for nine months there. And he loves going, number one. That's the key. Yes, yeah. Number two, he's lost a ton of weight. And he his blood sugars are coming down. His insulin is dropping slowly. Yes. Um, blood everything, all of his measurements are improving. And his A1C, which is that long-term or look at blood sugar, is coming down. So he's getting rewarded now by 
his levels are improving. The meds are coming or less. He is getting stronger. Now he does this, you know, look at me thing. <laughs> it's a guy thing. Um, so flex the muscles, look at me. Um, so what that tells you is that it is never too late. And even for the hardcore people who just um, resist, like he was, um, somehow I was able to finagle him into getting that free assessment, and it took hold. So I don't mean to say I'm controlling, but I certainly was trying to control something here, but it paid off. Well, you used the word encourager a few minutes ago, and yeah. I was so so quite impressed that you didn't use air quotes on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you're, we've been married for 55 years. Oh my goodness! Okay, which is incredible. My, I mean, I can't believe it. Uh, but so you know, you kind of you learn how to work with them, yeah. don't you? Yeah. 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 Okay. We have a listener who's thinking it's the new year. I'm going to make meaningful changes this year. What are just a few steps that they can take immediately? Because obviously it is a long road, a long path, uh, yeah. a journey. But what are a few things they could do tomorrow? Well, you know what I think is that by the time January 1 rolls around, which it is now January, right? And you know how you feel. And for me, all I can say is after that whole holiday, months of holiday celebrating, <laughs> eating, sugaring, all that stuff, I'm just done. Okay, I'm just done. I want to feel better. So that can be a real motivating time, and it typically is. In January, people say, I'm ready. So you got to capitalize on that first, that I don't want to feel this way anymore. I'm just so sick of sugar. I mean, you just get, there's just too much because it's overload. It truly is. So now in January, you're like, okay, I am motivated. I want to feel better okay, what would be a great thing for me to do? And of course, what people often want to do is something really, let's just do it now. You know, All or that, nothing. Yeah, and then that lasts for about a week or whatever. And then you're like back where you started. So I'm always saying, why don't you um, map out a strategy for yourself? Let's say, why don't we look at three months? Let's say, where would you like to be in three months? And give yourself a point where you can head. At least you have that to work with, right? I'm going in three months. I wish that I uh, didn't have these sugar cravings at all. Wouldn't that be great? You know? So now you can say, now what, what, this is not, and you're right about saying if this is not a quick fix, this takes time, but give yourself, don't give yourself a whole year. Maybe even three months is too much. Maybe you just say, well, a month, but give yourself a stretch of time where you can actually commit to it and say, now I'm going to stick with this and whatever tools that you can implement to hold you to that. For me, I often will print off a January calendar and start marking days with things I'm going to do so that every day I have something that moves me in that direction I want to go, but it isn't a big step. It's just... And actually, the very first step is to get into your kitchen 
and get rid of all the stuff that is causing you to want more. Because especially the carbs and the sugars and all that stuff, you know that sugar, by the way, is nine to eight times more addictive than cocaine. So if that's an issue for you, and you wonder, why can't I stop eight times more than cocaine? So now, maybe you need some support. You know, it's hard to do stuff alone. So the other part for this would be, who can you partner up with? Could it be a couple of friends? Could it be, maybe you need a coach. You know, that's always a great idea because that's what I did in my past. I needed a coach to get me moving and would hold me accountable. And that that was the magic for me that made me go into coaching because I said, this is brilliant what this coach did for me. I want to do that for others. Um, but keep in mind, it, um, and, and also reflect on every year in January, you go through the same thing and you get the same result and it's still not getting anywhere. If that's your history, then say, okay, this is your chance to do it different. So think about what would different look like for you that may makes more maybe makes more sense. Um, you can also think about were you successful before at something, like let's say losing weight, which is what they want to do often in January. Um, how did you do it? What are the tips that you could give yourself from what got you to where you wanted to get in the past? Because maybe you just need to bring them forward and try them again because it worked. Worked before. It could work again. Now, a lot of business coaches will encourage a person who's trying to get to the next place uh, to keep track of the wins in a day. So, you know, because you, you get like a month up the road and it's like, I haven't done anything. Whereas if you really look at it, yeah, you learned how to, you know, edit documents or you learned how to put something on the website or whatever. Um, would you suggest almost that sort of thing, too, for someone who was wanting to make changes in their wellness to say, yeah. OK, like maybe like today I made it through without any sugar. You know, even if there's a bit of a slip tomorrow, but at least they have that today, uh, like all those little wins so that at the end of a week or at the end of a month, they can look back and go like, okay, I may not be quite where I want to be, or maybe you are, uh, but I've had wins. Right, right. You know, that just also lends itself to having like a calendar where at the end of every day you write down a win. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it may not be the win you were expecting, but it is a win. And in the grand scheme of things, because this, this this work of changing your lifestyle is, it's a job. <laughs> it's a lifelong job. But, and so if you get something started, like these little wins, you said, oh, look at me. Look how good I am. I, I didn't, I didn't lose anything, but I didn't buy any more cookies and I'm cooking better. You know, I mean, you yeah. can look at the benefit of that win is that it's setting the stage for the next step that you want to take. I think that's a brilliant idea um, because otherwise then if you don't have documentation and I believe in documentation that every day that you document something great that you did, um, 
then you think you haven't done anything, right? And then you have no reference point and all you feel like is I'm not getting anywhere. I'm a failure. I don't see results. But if you had been tracking it, you would have been seeing results. Sometimes we call, we have people like get a little book, little blank book, keep a journal every day. Um, You can call it whatever you want. Maybe it's my, um, uh, like people will do activity or food journal or whatever, but maybe this is my, uh, my winning, my journal of wins. And then every day you're writing it in there. And so you can reflect. I am so much farther ahead by having had this month of doing these different things that are setting the stage for the bigger thing that I want. Yeah, I think that would be a great tip for the new year for all of us. There you go. I I am going to throw in a really quick story here. I grew up at a time where in school, elementary school, all of, or many of our vaccinations, uh, and we were still talking polio in those days, all that stuff came on a sugar cube. So I rarely eat sugar. If you can put a platter of goodies down and I can look at it and go, yeah, I don't think so. So (laughs) I I hated it at the time, but it's a gift now, I tell you. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, there's other things I like to indulge in, but, uh, but at least it's not the sugar thing. So that's good. That's interesting. You know, for me, and that reminds me with my thing with sugar, because I'm, I'm a sugar addict. I am. Oh, okay. But I remember that um, uh, in my household, sugar was restricted, which meant, oh, I can't have that? No, I want that. You know, so now I know that it was like almost a rebellion against it. But then my husband, when he grew up, his mother had a bowl of candy on the coffee table Every day, all the time, every day. So people, if they came over, could have a little piece of candy. And he it, he was never tempted because it was available all the time. So it's interesting how we create some of these scenarios where you wonder. I wonder why I crave sugar because they said I couldn't have it. Or why he doesn't really crave sugar because he could have it. So there's all those interesting things. And then the sugar cube, that's like a negative reinforcement. Of, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't ever have sugar again because you put that stuff on there. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Well, my brother and I chat from time to time about the fact that we didn't have maple syrup as kids. But we did eat a lot of pancakes, hotcakes, whatever, for, for breakfast. Yep. Um, so mom would have the big, huge canning jar full of sugar some mapleine filled it with hot water and it was really a coming of age when you were old enough to be responsible for stirring until the sugar was dissolved because of course as a little little kid you couldn't have that spill over on top of you right right but, uh, yeah yes yeah, our true. relationship with sugar over the decades has been uh, yeah pretty interesting over the generations perhaps oh, and, and unfortunately now uh, it's it's hidden in food everywhere. Oh, if yeah, you aren't yes. reading labels, you don't even know it. And you wonder why you're addicted to sugar because they've been spoon feeding us the food industry for quite a while. And, you know, their intention is if it tastes good, you'll buy more. And so that's what's happened. And uh, Sugar and why, salt. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to break free from that. Yeah, yeah. 
I spotted a blog post that I thought would resonate with Boomer women. 10 steps for making a big dream come true. I'm changing lanes now completely. No, that's okay. Yeah. So many of us put the big dreams on the back burner, uh, you know, as the years go by and the kids and the marriage and the job and all that. But we're reaching an age and a stage where we're thinking about what's next. I'm not going to ask you to reel off the top tip, the 10 steps with no warning, but can you give us an overview, like to, to make that big dream come true now that we're at this age? Well, you know, for me, um, this age to me is just a new beginning. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So that's, and, and that I did, uh, I also have retired friends that do not see that at all. They think, Right now, all I should be doing is hanging out and being my, uh, being a babysitter for the grandkids and sort of selling myself off to my kids to just help and do whatever you want, take advantage of me. Instead of, is that really what you, I mean, yes, that's a beautiful thing you can do, but if that's all you're doing is you really aren't expressing who you are unless you, again, are that kind of person. <laughs> But for me, it's like, okay, I've got a whole brand new slate here because I'm only 78. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> I laugh when I say that. But I remember leaving my job at 58 because the stress was too much and I just, I had to find something else. And, uh, and it, because it's my nature to be independent, I, I decided to have my own business, my wellness business, so I could call the shops and be in control control <laughs> but what i also discovered was that and this terminology came to me i remember hearing it from jane fonda who calls it the third act that that's what we're in and i said that's a whole lot better than saying you're down, going downhill or you're you know you're retired and old and you know all of that negative that is always laid on us when we are in our 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 100, she framed it differently as a positive. Oh, you got a whole third act. What are you going to do with it? Now you can find out what your dream, what is your dream that you've always had that you have never really been able to bring it forward because, you know, life, right? Yeah. Or we just get into a groove or whatever. And what if you had that opportunity? And you do. You're in your 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, so that is the exploration time to say there's something in me. I know there is. And and I can't say, I mean, we have to take the time to look inside of ourselves and say, if I asked you that question, what, what would, if you had to do it all over again, is there something that you wish you had done that was just like, Sets your soul on fire. You get so excited about it. And yeah, I've always wanted to work in a flower shop or something. That's what you want to look at is first, I uncover it. It's still there. And you might be saying, I wish I had, but now I'm too old. You know, we have those lines that we say. Or, you know, I never had enough money to start my own business. Or you always have, I couldn't do it because. All right. So I always say, all right, what if you write, wrote down a list of all the things that you wish you had done, but you couldn't, you know, and they are the things that light you up. So you make your little list 
And of course, you couldn't do it. But now on the right side of that column, you say, this happened. I did do this. This is this is what happened. When, in other words, take the negative list and turn it into a positive that it actually happened and pretend. Just pretend it happened and see how you feel. And you know what happens is you automatically, you got them endorsements are flowing and you're feeling great. That's going to carry you into that zone of what you could do next if you want to. Because you have taken a barrier away. And we do put barriers up that stop us from our dreams all the time. Yeah. And so, in fact, I just, you know, you're never too old to do this. I just got <laughs> another workbook. It's called um, The Obstacle. The Obstacle is the way. If you uncover those obstacles and address them, boom, you start moving forward. So, and they're always there because why am I looking at a book like that at age 78? Because I still have obstacles. And all I have to do is address them and see them as an opportunity to learn something new, to move into another zone, to say, oh, I can work through that, that, that old thing. I know how to work with that. <laughs> well, and surely, too, the minute you identify an obstacle, you know exactly what you're going to work on. You're not just yeah. walking around in the dark going, oh, if only I could have done this. Right. Right. Just got to just address them. And, you know, it seems like, and I could be wrong here, but the obstacles get smaller with age <laughs> because they're not so important all of a sudden. They're, they used to be. But now they're like, why did I let that stop me? That's like, that's minuscule now. It was big then, but now, heck, I can do anything because I'm, I'm old and I can do anything. <laughs> There you go. And it's funny, too, you know, that that word old, because I guess with a number, yep. technically it is old, but you know, it's it's not old fashioned old, I guess. It's not decrepit old. It's yeah, it's right. a number. And so what? Right. And, you know, it is a mindset, too, that we um, if you took the numbers away, yeah. then we're all the same. All right. Then all we have to say is how healthy are you? How much energy do you have? How vibrant is your life? Um, how, what kind of purpose do you have? What do you do every day? What kind, you know, what are the things that are going on for you? And forget the number, just what kind of life, lifestyle have you adopted and are working to achieve? Because that is where suddenly the numbers really have no meaning. I mean, I get this all the time. You're 78? I had this guy say to me the other day, I was talking to him. I, I just met this person um, and he's 51. And I know it's a loaded question to ask someone, how old do you think I am? <laughs> but I thought I'm going to give it a whirl and see what happens. He said, well, I think you're about 52. I said, you have made my day. I am one year younger than your father. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had told me his father was yeah, yeah. 79. And so it's like, we can really confuse people a lot. <laughs> if we just, you know, ask the question, well, how old do you think? And when I look at you, Agnes, come on, 70? No, don't see it at all. 
You know what I mean? Your check it's is in the mail. About, it's all about yeah. Yeah. It's all about your lifestyle choices and how you want to live your life. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a, a group of friends and we climb, we call it a mountain, but it's, but it's really steep. Uh, it's only a kilometer and a half, but it's really steep. And we're always motoring up there every Saturday morning. And one of my friends turned 70 last month. And somebody said, like, you know, how are you doing with that? He says, ah, oh, I can't wait to be 70. And they looked at him and said, like, what are you talking about? And I just started laughing. I said, look at him. Yeah. This is what 70 looks like. Like, it's a, a bit of a badge of honor to say, yeah, I'm 70. Or in your case, I'm 78, yeah. you know, because yeah. this is this is what we look like these days. Right. You know, it's, right. uh, yeah, it's right. great. So. You know, and that's, I think that's the, that's uh, one of our purposes as we age well, yeah. is yeah. to make sure we show it off yeah. and say, this, this is health. This is what health looks like as you get older. Yeah. It's, and, and. Otherwise, if we are hiding that information from people, then they think again, oh, when you get old, you fall apart and then you die, you know. Well, yeah, but I'm not going to fall apart for a long time. And I may not fall apart. I might just tip over. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, think be great. It was, I think it was before we uh, press record where I said to you that I have this theory that I'm going to live forever. And so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. That's a great line. Ah, oh, dear. Okay, I don't try to be a clock watcher, but I'm going to have to be. What haven't we talked about that you want mid-age women to think about as they plan for the future? I say that um, start today. I don't care where you are. Just start today and make some movements toward a healthier lifestyle. You may be already there and you're doing great, um, but the, we always can tweak as we go. But I, I kind of feel like and I wish somebody had well no I actually have always been since I've been in wellness for 40 years have been doing wellness things because it's my profession and my lifestyle but instead of just saying well I can't I, I no I won't do that uh, where's that no coming from because it's a deeper place then when when I ask you to make a change or start moving in the direction of health and you're resisting, then look at the resistance and find out what that is. And, you know, maybe that's somebody that's, you need to have someone to help you with that part because you have to go deeper then. Maybe you need a counselor, maybe you need therapy, maybe you need a coach, whatever will help you find out why are you resisting having a vibrant lifestyle, a healthy lifestyle? What's standing in your way? There's those obstacles again. <laughs> so I think just, Come to grips with who you are. What do you really want? And are you really realizing what you really want? Or is there something that's just got you and holding you back? And address it. Look for, you know, meet, get to meet it. Have a meeting with it. Hey, I want to meet you. Tell me more about what you are all about. <laughs> <laughs> and coach yourself sometimes. You can do that. Okay. You coach. What what do you do? Tell yes, us about you. Okay. So what? Well, I think I mentioned that I love the coaching communication tool. It is a good way to communicate because you're in the presence of someone who has an issue, and it's about their issue and their work. I am just a vehicle that says, "Tell me more about what's going on. 
what do you want to do? What are the ways that would, what would success look like for you? What would be the steps that you need to take? Notice I'm handing it always back to them because it's their agenda, not mine. I'm a vehicle to help them figure it out because we have the answers inside of us, but we don't know how to get them out. Sometimes they're stuck. And that's when a coach comes in and just can keep bringing it forward. They bring it out. You say, yeah, that's great. What do you want to do with that? Oh, well, you didn't start that way. Do you want to go back to where you start? We're always keeping them on track. But we're also just saying, you know, I want you to be who you are, your best self. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I never tell them what to do. I don't tell I don't give them anything. Just say, what would work for you? If they ask me, sometimes that happens. I'm so stuck, I can't. Okay, what do you need from me? And then I'll let them ask me. But I don't want to ever, um, I don't want to ever give them a direction that isn't what they came up with. Which is a gift then, because you feel like somebody's listening to me. Somebody hears me. Somebody's letting me express who I truly am. And that, what a gift, because we often don't do that with people. You know, we shut them down or whatever we do. Well, and I'm sure with your experience, too, you might hear just a word or an intonation that you pick up on that the person who's telling you doesn't even realize. Right. And, you know, that's your my intuition will speak to me like that. And I will at that point say to somebody, can I share something that just came up inside of me? And I ask for permission. Yeah, tell me. And then I'll say this, this came up and I just want, what do you think about this, this thing that I just thought of? And let them say, oh, no, that's not anything. I said, okay, I just wondered. So it's not like I'm uh, here. You're supposed to do this. I felt it, (laughs) (laughs) but I, my intuition will tell me, it'll say, Carol, you have to say something to this person right now. That's what my intuition will tell. That's how my intuition tells me, (laughs) Carol. (laughs) Um, But you do it gently and kindly and you don't lay it on them. You just say, is it okay? Okay, here it is. Oh, you don't think so? Okay, great. We'll let that go. And we move on. Excellent. Yeah. May I ask you a personal question? Yes. You stay really focused on taking care of your health, your well-being, your mindset. I'm sending you on a dream vacation next month. Where are you going and what are you doing? Next month, which would be February, right? Right. Perfect time for a vacation when you live in Minnesota or (laughs) Canada. (laughs) So having said that... My vacation would be somewhere warm. Um, I actually have a place that I've been to. It's a holistic healing center in south of San Diego in Rosarito, Mexico. And it's all, you know, I'm stuck on health. (laughs) But it's all holistic healing practices. And you have beautiful environment and gourmet food and relaxation. And all of this, it's just like a, a, we just, feel so good and that's where I would go in February <laughs> I get you know a tune-up it'd right. give me a tune-up in the middle of the 
snowy winter season. I, I now remember that I did see that somewhere on your website. Do you and, take groups there yourself? Yes, yes. I did. Uh, you know, pre-COVID, I was doing. I was taking nurses down there because, for nurses who are in the medical system, I want them to see what wellness really oh, looks course, like, yeah. feels like, and nutrition is healing and all that good stuff. So that's who was I was taking down there, and they were like, "Oh, this is so good." Yeah. Nurses need that so much. So it was a great experience. Oh, good. Okay, where do we find you on the World Wide Web? On the World Wide Web, I am carolebert.com. And what's interesting, don't ask why it says yourthirdact.com. <laughs> but when I if you type in carolebert.com, that's the original name that was on my website. Oh, it's probably got a forward <laughs> yeah, whatever we got. So anyway, carolieber.com. And I'm, you know, I am focused on your third act, helping you be well forever. Like you said, Agnes, we're going forever. Um, and if you want to reach me also by email, it's carol at carolieber.com. You can't get that wrong. I also have a podcast myself, which is Too Busy For You. It's the name of my book. So if you're interested, what I did, each chapter of the book, I made a podcast that fits the chapter. Oh, okay. um, and very brief, not real long, but kind of like wellness tune-ups for you. If you just pop in there, they're only like 5 to 10 to 15 minutes maybe. But I'm trying to give you as many tips. And if you're not a reader, then this would be a good way to get your dose, you know, okay. listen to the podcast. Um and let's see what else. What do I do? You're I all have. over social by the looks of it. I'm all over Instagram and Facebook. And I was on TikTok, but I said, I keep getting nervous about TikTok and China. And I <laughs> don't know whether I should be there or not. But um, I love the visual platforms because I, I like seeing people, what they're doing. Um, and it's just, I'm a visual person. So that's why. And I do like doing live and doing um, reels because I'm a teacher. I'm an educator. It's my, you know, it's my passion is to share and educate. And so those are vehicles. YouTube also, I'm on a YouTube channel. So just, it's kind of a playground when you think about what social media is. If you can make it fun for yourself, I think then it can work. But if it's a chore, it can be a chore. Yeah, really can. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Your website link is in the show notes and all the links are on your page at our website. Great. Listeners, if you have thoughts on today's show, please talk to us. Leave comments where you're listening or if you're listening at the Boomer Woman's podcast at boomwithabang.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and talk to us there. Tell us what changes you want to make to ensure a healthier next chapter. Or what question did I not ask Carol? Ask it in the comments and I'll get you an answer. Leave stars and reviews where you can. They help us grow and share this episode. Very few of us are in perfect health. Changes are often easier with a buddy or an accountability partner, which you just said a little while ago. And sharing this conversation might open a conversation with your future partner in wellness. 
Carol Ebert. Thank you for being my guest today and sharing so much great information about wellness. I love that word, wellness. I do too. And I've been there since the word was invented, literally. (laughs) So yes, I'm grateful that the wellness movement took hold and it's everywhere. And now we have to just grab the pieces and start using them. Spread the word. Yeah. Have a great rest of week. Great. Thank you, Agnes.